Welcome back to Conversations with Coco and Friends. I'm your host, Coco, aka Katrina Smart. Every episode, I'll be having real conversations with the people who inspire me. We go deep and we go there. And I've got my girls with me. This podcast is co-hosted by two of my friends who I happen to also work with. Cleo is a kick-ass producer and a problem solver. And Pilar is an insane director and social media manager. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we enjoy having them. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We are so excited to introduce some male energy on the pod today. Today we're talking to an old friend of mine, someone who not only have I known forever, he used to work with us, intern with us, and now he's gone on to open stores on Queen Street West and in the mall. He's just done amazing things. He's one of the hardest working people I've ever met. Um, And I'm talking about Jabril Fresh Jallo. I'm talking about our friend Fresh, the founder of Get Fresh Company. If you don't know him, you should get acquainted. GFC is a streetwear brand that represents the Toronto kids that make it happen with a flagship store on Queen Street West. I hope you enjoy this conversation. We talk about everything from self-care to celebrating your wins to how to make it in the fashion industry. Enjoy. We want to go back, back, back to the beginning. I mean, I, I already, I met you when I had a Brazen Hesse clothing store and you were um, in the fashion hustle killing it already and you were so young <laughs> also doing remix um take us back to the beginning like what inspired you why was fashion the thing especially when like we've come a long way over the last maybe 15 years where fashion wasn't um something that i don't know maybe maybe men did but it was not in our space so yeah. what made you decide to go into it um, i always liked fashion it was Definitely something that she was in my household. You know, my grandmother sewed all her Christmas dresses and all their church dresses. And she sewed the curtains and the pillowcases and all that. That was just my, my grandma on the sewing machine every Sunday was like normal. Or Saturday night when she was babysitting me was normal. And then she'd always make clothes for my mom. My mom was really big in the fashion, like shocked like crazy. Um, you know, different outfits. I grew up having like, you know, your day clothes, your evening clothes, your night clothes, your school clothes, your Sunday clothes. So it was just always like something that was normal to me. And then um, as I got older, you know, I started to like fashion more and more, you know, watching music videos all the time. And then, you know, back then in Toronto, the chances of you actually being able to buy one of these things that you'd see in a music video are super rare. And if you did find it, it was super expensive. So my, I would always want, I'd always want clothes and I always ask my mom. I didn't grow up with my dad. So my mom would always be like, I only take on half the responsibility. So my mom would literally, if I'd be like, mom, I want a pair of Air Forces. She'd be like, how much are they? Like a hundred bucks. She'd give me $50. And she'd be like, figure out the rest. I love and, it. And that literally turned me into the man I am today. So I had to like figure out how to turn the $50 into a hundred dollars to buy my shoes. So what I would do is I remember I went to Woodbine Town Center in Rexdale and there was this clothing store there. And there was these jerseys, Harlem Globetrotter jerseys that were like, oh, this is like the Jersey era fab when he first came out and all that. And uh, I would go to the guy every day. I'm like, bro, it was like $130 for the jersey. I'm like, bro, give me the jersey for 50 bucks. <laughs> and I come back, I'm going to buy like five of them. 
And he said no to me. I probably went to that store every day for like 30 days till the guy got annoyed at me and he gave it to me for 50 bucks. And I wore the jersey yeah. to school. <laughs> I wore the jersey to school. And then I would tell everybody I had a whole bunch of these jerseys, even though I only had the one. And that I was taking pre-orders and I sold them for $150. Wow. So I would be a $100 deposit. The jerseys were a hundred bucks. So I, I think I, I think I bought like 20 of them. So I went back with the guy with the cash and was like, here, let me buy all these. And then that was like the first way I knew how to make money. And it just kind of like grew into what it is now. You also, um, you were a sponge for knowledge because you're doing all of these different things to figure out the fashion industry from sales to styling. I remember when you were working with Caitlin as well. Um, was that part of, you think that's like integral to being in any kind of in fashion industry to kind of like humble yourself to learn from people already doing it? A hundred percent. I feel like that in every industry, to be honest, that you should do that. But that was an amazing experience for me, you know, being on set, music videos, photo shoots, you know, uh, com like commercials, everything, and just kind of seeing how things are put together, understanding why things are put together the way they are on TV and, you know, film and all that. It was great. It was a great experiment, I'd say. That's what I call it. <laughs> Literally a day one entrepreneur. I feel like <laughs> I want to get into the nitty gritty. Like you went from selling clothing in your trunk to now physically owning your own store and you have the e-commerce up and running. What did it take? You know, lots of people today are, are trying to start their own clothing line. And I feel like they don't really know what actually goes into that. Uh, a lot of patience. I'd start there. A lot, a lot of patience is what it takes and just dedication. Like, you know, there's, I'd say the fashion business and the restaurant business, probably some of the hardest business in the world. Uh, be prepared to lose a lot of money. I was having a conversation with a girl the other day and she was like, oh, I, I was making my samples and all of them are wrong. And it was like six grand. I was like, yeah, just goodbye the six grand. It's just kind of what it is. Like, but from the trunk to the store, well, from the trunk to a pop-up to a store, it was definitely, you know, just the dedication and the desperation of me wanting to get to where I want to be. You know, like I, every single morning I'd wake up and all I would think about is like one day I want to have a clothing store. What do I got to do today? How much money do I need to make every single day to save up this much money to get to the next stage of my life? I did that every single day. Like Coco knows, I literally styled on set. I still sold clothes while I was on set. I literally went to the parking lot. People would come see me, sell clothes out of the trunk of my car, come back. I just was grinding all the time. It was just like nonstop work. And just like that resilience of just, you know, never giving up because it, it, it definitely took a long time. It's a lot easier now than it was when I got in the game. You know, now you can just go on Shopify, go on social media, you know, set it all up. And it, it's still difficult, but it's a lot easier than when I got in. But I just say the hard work and the, and the push and the drive and just me wanting it so bad. You know what I mean? And me not getting discouraged after every roadblock that I hit, you know, and I hit a lot of roadblocks. I, I, you know, I didn't go to school for fashion. Uh, I've never even worked in a clothing store. You know, I've never worked retail. I've never had employees, anything. So I've learned all of that the hard way. I just jumped all the way in. You know what I mean? By so doing. Like, yeah. So I say I didn't go to like, you know, university or college, but I definitely paid for school in terms of all the mistakes that I've made and lessons that I had to learn. You went to oh, the like, school of hard knocks, as we exactly. like to say. And sometimes exactly. I feel like I, I went to university. Well, I went to university, but I don't use my degree. I think like all the practical stuff. I learned more bartending and listen, go to school if you can afford it for sure. But um, I learned more bartending in one year than I did in my whole college degree, uh, interpersonal skills and and just like how to, the value of money and all those kind of things. It's more of like what you, what you learn when you're actually doing and making those mistakes and failing, learning how to fail quickly. It's my favorite motto. So we know that you're a big part of the Remix project. And can you tell our listeners about this Toronto charity and how that's, I guess, shaped your journey as a leader in the space? Uh, I'd say Remix project was definitely a very important part of my life. It taught me a lot about, you know, how to talk to different types of people. You know what I mean? Like different, uh, you know, put me in corporate spaces, put me in places that I never even thought I'd be in my whole life. But uh, it, it was great. You know, you had a community of 
leaders in different pillars in music and business in you know graphic design and there are people that were just they were already in the field and they were taking time out of their day to help young kids like me you know get closer to our dreams and all that it was I don't know it was it was really special the first check I ever made in my life came from the Remus project I did a styling gig for Gavin uh, when they did the collaboration with uh with uh, Echo and Timex you know they just kind of tell me you know help me with business etiquette and how to build and how to network and they put me in a lot of the right rooms to grow to where I'm at right now I just love so much is that you now go back and give back to Remix like you went through the program but now you're you're back with the younger generation and helping them that's so cool that's a full circle thank you yeah no it's important to me to you know I I start I know what it's like to be like these kids that were in there, especially like, you know, a lot of these kids like myself, we come from you know, situations where opportunities like these do not exist at all, you know? So being in Remix is super important. And in Remix is one thing, but being able to apply your gift or your talent in a real space is a whole other thing. So now that I have a store, it's important to me to, you know, everyone in that fashion program or whatever, or, you know, the music program or whatever, whenever I throw events or anything like that, I'm always calling Remix to be like, yo, hello, any students that you have, bring them on down. We're going to do a big Black Friday sale. I want to include them and let them get their first shot at retail. They just got to be here. They can't bring the clothes and walk away. They got to be here. They got to talk to the customers. They got to deal with the sales. They got to understand everything. So me, I'd like to give the opportunity to, you know, all the youth who are coming up, not even just for Remix, but just within the city, within the community, because it's hard to get that practical practice, you know, it's, it's tough. Not everybody's willing to give back like that. So I make sure that I do that. I was going to say, it sounds like Remix is the thing that almost like vocational school that gives you like the pragmatic, practical knowledge within whatever space it is that you are. So it's not necessarily university, but you, you got a lot of the skill sets that you needed from that space. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd say like for me, it, uh, it refined a lot of the skill sets that I already have. You know, it, it helped me, it narrowed my, narrowed in a positive way, um, my thinking and making my, you know, my path on how to get to where I want, want to get. You know, a lot of things that I didn't even know existed. You know what I mean? Again, working with Caitlin through the Bossy Girls through styling, like I would never even think I'd be styling. You know, I, I looked up to Little X with Director X my whole life, being a kid, watching him on TV, watching his behind the scenes on BET and MTV and all that. And then by the time I hit, I think 19, I was styling videos with him. You know what I mean? I was at his house last night. It's just like, yeah. it's crazy. So Remix definitely bridged the gap and, and opened up a whole other world for me. So this past year has been a trip, <laughs> yeah. past year and a half. Um, <laughs> I know retail, like you said, like uh, the restaurant industry, um, is they're one of the hardest, they're the hardest businesses to run. They look, they're one of those things that people think, oh, I'm just going to start a clothing line. I'm just going to make a line of sweaters and then I'm going to be Saint Laurent, you know, like they just exactly. think that the trajectory is, is quite easy. Um, can you speak to like those, those moments? And I know you've probably had quite a few of them over the past year, owning a brick and mortar, not only being online, but like having a place that you have to pay rent at every month and you have to upkeep with staff. Um, what do you tell those who maybe don't have the most positive outlook right now because of all that's gone down? How do you keep your head high in times like these? It is really hard to keep my head high in times like these. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even say that I, I, I say my, my, my head's half high. You know, it's tough to, uh, it's tough. You know, I've watched, I'm a big, you know, supporter of my, of my neighborhood, Queen Street West, and you know, it's filled with restaurants, art stores, studios, barbershops, clothing stores. And like, I've just seen it go down. I remember all of us had, I'm on the BIA for the block. So we had this, we have a WhatsApp group and it's just that hard convo. It's like every week there's like, hey guys, sad to say that we're closing the business uh. next week. Hey guys, sorry to say that we're closing the business. Miss you guys, see you soon. And it was like, every couple of weeks you're getting that message or email or like it's, you know, it gets emotional as your neighbors, your family. I've been there almost 10 years. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like these people have seen me grow up. I've seen them grow up. So it's like, it's sad. Like what to say, you know, hang on if it makes sense. You know what I right. mean? I definitely wouldn't 
say hang on just to hang on you know because right. once we open it's not going to be everyone you know thinks it's going to be we open and then all of a sudden everyone's just killing it yeah we'll probably have the first 30 days 45 days maybe the length of the summer of mm -hmm. business going on but we're not going to be back at 100 for at least a year two years maybe hopefully by next summer you know trying to be positive but it's going to be tough it's really going to be tough right. like these restaurants you know they they took a lot of losses you know what i mean they've even been paying rent even though they had subsidies and all that the subsidies only covered a very small percentage so it's like we've been paying rent since what last march like 2020 march you know the hardest thing for me was like letting go a lot of my team right you know, like my oh, team was like we're like family like hardest i'm like remember sitting at home in my living room just sitting there like I can't believe I got to do this. I can't believe I'm going to call this guy and tell him, no. like, yeah, I know you've been with me for the last five years, but I can't even keep it going with you here. Like yeah. that was the hardest thing for me personally. It just but I would makes me want to cry. Yeah, it's crazy. But I would tell everybody just like, you know, hang in there if it makes sense. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people hang on to things for the wrong reasons. You right. know what I mean? Like a lot of people hang on to things because of ego or, you know, they're afraid what other people are going to say or like, yeah, don't do it it's it's not worth it you know you started one thing it's the end of a chapter It'd be either you know a whole new book or a new chapter and the people who it makes sense to hang on and they can hang on keep going and hopefully everyone supports everybody and just just keep grinding we've got to we just have to get creative right you know I, and that was like, what i was going to ask you is was there a pivot for you like i know you're online now but was that was there a moment where you said, okay, we've, we've got to save this. So the ship doesn't sink. This is what we have to do. Was there, was there a moment for you? I'll like tell that? you this, when the, when the, when the pandemic hit after a few months, I was like, all right, our, our, you know, we're like 80, 20, 80% in store, 20% online. We're like a really big local brand. I literally called every single customer that ever shopped from us online and was like, Hey man, or a girl, whatever, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. This is Fresh from Get Fresh Company. You know, just wanted to, you know, your last order you got from us. Just wanted to make sure you're sad. I just started doing like customer check-ins and just like thank yous. And like, not even like, can you please buy from us? Just more of like, let me take this time to appreciate all the people who've been, you know, supporting our movement. You know what I mean? And that's what I did. That definitely helped with a lot of sales. Um, it helped with like a lot of like support and just people pushing us and, and pushing the brand. In terms of the pivot, we were blessed that we uh, we 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 have great corporate partners, and they definitely helped us along the way. You know, Remy Martin was 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 a great help for us. We were we had a lot of things set up for 2020, and they still held us down and supported us through you know through thick and thin. Um, but we did a lot of corporate co corporate partnerships in terms of like we did a lot of uniforms for businesses. Uh, we created a lot of gifting programs, so we started calling companies and we're like, hey. You know, if you need any uniforms, this is the brand that we, you know, the brand that I own, this is what we do. We can manufacture everything, et cetera, et cetera. And it worked. You know, we ended wow. up doing, our, our biggest gig was for BDO Canada. We ended up creating their gifting program for every single one of their employees all over the world. Amazing. Yes. Congratulations. Love yes, that. Which was, which, which was good. Definitely helped keep the lights on. So. <laughs> Gotta get creative. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we just, I, I did everything I had to do. And like, from there I went to like, okay, maybe I'll help people make clothing. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll help people with their brand, you know? Started doing some consulting work and, you know, helping people with manufacturing. I did whatever I had to do to just keep everything going. And, you know, I was able to keep some of my employees, you know, um, on board and it, it worked out for us. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Happy to hear that. And I mean, as we move onwards and upwards, hopefully we are seeing that light closer and closer. But for those people who are planning to launch their brand or start a business in any space, what would be your biggest piece of advice if they're looking to quote unquote, make it? Honestly, my, I think the number one thing that no one talks about in entrepreneurship or just like in life is like really, really, really understand yourself and really understand how to manage your stress. Cause I, I feel love like that. a lot that of people don't, yeah, like a lot of, thank you, a lot of people you only like, you know, we're in a social media era where it's like people just show the good side of everything, right? Everyone shows like, yeah. oh, I got all this money, I got this, I got that, I got here, I'm <laughs> flying here, I'm doing, they're not showing the like stacked up invoices and you're like calling your suppliers like, yo, I need 10 more days, five more days. They're not, they're not showing the negative in your account. They're not showing the overdrawn credit cards. They're not showing, they're not showing all the BS that happens and all the stress and frustration and people shipping you late, people paying you late, people like you're like you're as an entrepreneur, you're like the skill set you really need to have is balance. You need to really know how to manage your stress and you have to be really fast at making decisions and finding solutions. You just cannot dwell on problems. Like you need to be like problem digested. Yeah. Some people like, you know, I'm, I had a stressful morning this, this morning and I was literally about to go do Runyon Canyon. I'm going to do it after, but you just got to be able to take yourself out of the space and like really, you know, take everything in. You know, as my, my boy said to me today, he's like, yo, you know, you want to make emotional decisions. You want to make decisions with, with your brain. So, you know, just take a moment. But I'd say like the management of stress is the number one oh. in like managing yourself. You know what I mean? It's very easy. Like, I feel like when you start as an entrepreneur, it's like you get to like, at least I did, you get to this like survivor mode where you're willing to kind of do anything and everything just to kind of get to where you're trying to get to. But it's very hard to realize when you need to be out of survivor mode and get and click into growth mode, right? Because the survivor you is like, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do whatever the hell it takes. I'll do this job for free. I'll do this person. You, you like slave yourself. You know what I mean? And like, I get it. You got to do that. I believe you got to do that in the beginning. But I think one of my biggest challenges was understanding when, okay, I don't need to be in this survivor mode anymore. I need to take more time for myself. I need to be worrying about my mental health. I need to be able to like hang out with my family and, you know, you know what I mean? My boys, my homegirls, like I need to like worry about me. And I feel like a lot of time as entrepreneurs, we, we dive so deep. And it's like, when you look back, like 20, the pandemic showed me that when you look back, like all that was for what? You know what I mean? Like it was all for what? Like all those late nights, arguments with significant others, doing this, doing that. Like it was for what? Like none of it, at the end of the day, it was all gone like this. Nothing we could do. So all that really matters to me at least is like me, you know what I mean? Like I have to put as much work as I'm willing to put in my business, I have to put into myself. If it's the opposite way, I'm, it's a lose-lose, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, the prize, what you think is a prize is actually that prize is hurting you. So it's not a prize that's like kryptonite to you as a human. That's how yeah. I, that's what I've learned over the past, you know, 10 years of being a retailer. I've been an entrepreneur longer, but being a retailer was just like, yourself like managing your stress like it's tough like it's it's really 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 hard like I still I'm not perfect at it I still try to balance it every day you know what I mean like I try to, to remove myself from situations and try to relax go for a walk but it's hard that that's my advice instead of like listen to stress. And it feels like that yes. yeah like <laughs> no, we needed that we all needed that yeah. that was the best answer I feel like that was a very intentional great answer and you're right people don't talk about what that means because at the end of it like you said it, like this it just can disappear um yep. you touched on this a little bit in what you just said and you spoke about it at the beginning about like the really big obstacles that you faced you know that 
have come up over the last you know decade or 15 years um how did you overcome those obstacles and deal with the failures um many different ways some bad ways some good ways uh i'd say the positive ways was take myself out of the situation in in the meantime you know i like i said i was about to go you know go for a little hike but like i just take myself out the situation try to digest it calm down get the like you know the ego and the anger and all that kind of like get it down and like all right let me let me get back to like a flat line level and then i literally get out my pen and my paper and i just start weighing pros and cons and i started writing down different solutions like how like how serious is the situation you know what i mean is it worth it for me to stress myself like nothing's worth it for you to stress yourself over but like is it worth it putting this much energy towards the situation or do you kind of just take it on the chin and take a loss like a boss and keep it moving, you know what I mean? And, and learn and take that mistake, learn from that mistake and don't make it again. You know what I mean? Like the other ways, like, you know, like we're all human. Sometimes we get stressed out and say, oh, let me go party, let me do this, let me do that. But those things are like Band-Aid situations. You know what I mean? The, the best thing is just to calm down. If you have someone that you can speak to, you know what I mean? It's always great to vent to somebody and just sometimes just speaking out loud and telling somebody a situation you're like listening to yourself at the same time, you know, as you're speaking to someone and then you catch like, oh crap, like actually I should have done this or I should just do this. You know what I mean? So I feel like communicating is probably one of the best ways. Sorry, I did a big rant, but communication, oh. I'd say for me is one of the, the best ways and just taking myself out of the situation. Okay, sidebar, can you please print a shirt? Take the loss like a boss. It's yeah, it's an unfortunate truth. You know, as a boss, you gotta take everything falls on you. It doesn't matter if your employee messed up, you messed up. You know, everything yeah. everything everything falls on your shoulders. So, you know, we don't want to take a loss like a boss as a <laughs> trust me, it's not what we want to do, but like it's, it's unfortunately the only choice we have. So you know, it is what it is. It's just, it, it just comes down to like how bad you want it, you know, and that resilience and that like, all right, cool. Like you have to know things are going to happen. There's no way you're going to walk in any situation. I don't care who you are. You are going to walk into a situation and a hundred percent, like for sure, something is going to happen. Something is going to go wrong. Like you may go into a place and literally you're renting a place, you could be renting your Airbnb and then all of a sudden the internet's not working and then you got an important Zoom call with these lovely ladies. You know what I mean? Like any, Coco's any, house, any, Coco's house all week. Yeah, we go. know like, that. You know? <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, you just can't, you just can't call it. You know what I mean? You just have to go in every situation with just solution mindset and like, listen, like I do every everything in my life. I just counter, I go, I move slowly and I'm like, I already know. I just want to be in the right mindset Yes. And manage, that's what I'm saying, manage your stress. In the, I want to be in the right mindset. So when that thing does happen, I don't like saying that something is going to happen. I just, I'm so used to it. Because sometimes, you know, you say something out loud, I can kind of bring it on. But like, when it does happen, if it does happen, let's say, your mind's already in a solution instead of a stress. You know what I mean? Like, everything's a challenge, not a problem. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at it like, oh this is happening it's like this is terrible this is just a challenge it's all a challenge you play a video game you reach a new step it's a challenge you beat this you beat the step you keep it moving it's just understanding that concept that everything i guess if you break it down is like a game you know what i mean it's just you just gotta you gotta conquer that challenge you may fail a couple of times but then you beat it and you keep it moving i think COVID is a was a big lesson for everyone because it's not if you're not an entrepreneur, it was a lesson of coping and managing and figuring out and pivoting that entrepreneurs are forced into. I think people who have um, day jobs, work for corporations, it kind of put a lot of people in a tailspin because it's like, you can't, you wait, I have to figure this out. It's not Groundhog Day every day. It's, it's, it's something looming outside of our power that we can't control. And I think a lot of us, like what you had just said about taking yourself out of the situation, um, going for a walk or finding ways to essentially care for yourself is so important. I hope everybody takes that in because there's not every not every situation you can control, but you can control you in every situation. And I think that's beautiful. So for our fashion people, I know a lot of people are going to be on here just to hear your fashion wisdom. 
what can you walk us through the steps and i don't know there are a lot of steps i also had a clothing line um but what are the like from initial concept to skew to on the floor what are the steps to having a clothing line producing clothes producing clothes i'd say the yeah. step is you know your concept then your design making a tech a technical pack which is pretty much breaking down a drawing with measurements of whatever you're designing and having it in very like in serious detail how you know how tall your butt your um your pocket is you know what what size zipper how many buttons do you need what kind of buttons do you need what size buttons do you need like breaking down every single thing on that garment or if you're making accessories or whatever it is um going from technical pack from your technical pack you'd probably be bringing that to a pattern maker making a pattern and your pattern is like your hard copy of um, each panel of whatever item that you're making. That's how they'll cut the fabric and fit the fabric to this pattern. Uh, from the pattern making, you would go from like, well, let me stop for a second. You would pick your fabric or whatever garment you're gonna make. You'd have the fabric there, you'd order the fabric. And then from there, you take your pattern and your fabric, you cut the fabric, make your sample out of that. Once you have your sample, if you're happy with your first sample, which you're probably not. Because <laughs> you're never sample. happy with your first yeah, sample. You're never happy with your first sample, <laughs> ever. So <laughs> once you are hopefully happy with your first sample, which is like, you play the lottery that day that happens, um, <laughs> you would go and well, you'd revise your sample to get it right. Once you get your sample right from there, you would understand your consumption, how much fabric you need, you know what trims you need you talk to your man if you find a manufacturer talk to your manufacturer and figure okay how long is this going to take figure out the price you know calculate all your costs you know your fabric your cut and sew delivery etc and then the next step what i would always say which a lot of people don't do is make a pre-production sample a lot of people just go to production don't do that you can make a sample and the sample will come out great or the fourth sample or the fifth sample will come out great but once they actually start to get it going, you're going to have an error, guaranteed. They're starting something brand new, you know? So I asked for a pre-production sample. So they set up their whole production line. They get everything ready to go. And then they start sewing. So the first two or three pieces, like I, me, I'm really picky. So I'd be like, I want to see every size. So if I'm doing small to triple XL, I make them create small to triple XL. It's going to cost you a bit more, but it's worth it. Because your sample could have been a medium. And you're like, oh, this medium looks great. And then you get a large, you get your large and your XL and your production. And you're like, it's completely different. So I like to get every size out at once. You know, once you have the pre-production sample, if that's good to go, then what I would do is you audit every single sample. Okay, go through, go to your tech pack, go to the sample, make sure all the sizes and everything is correct on each size. From there, I would turn that tech pack into almost like a contract in between you and your manufacturer, they're gonna sign off that this is this pre-production sample matches this technical pack. And this is what we're agreeing on together that my full production is gonna turn out the way this does. And they sign that, you can come up with any type of negotiation you want. I'll be like, you know, you, you, you always have some tolerance, right? It's humans making everything. So you'd be like, hey, you can have two or 3% tolerance. So this t-shirt could be 2% bigger or 2% smaller than what the production sample is. And everything after that, you'll cancel the order. You know, or they've wow. got to heavily discount the order depending on how bad it is, you know, if, if it's still workable. And from there, you get your production. I don't take, when they're like, we're ready for delivery. I personally don't do that. I go to the factory and I go through every single piece. If it's not me, it's Amazing. someone on my team. Go through yeah. every single piece and do your quality control, especially if it's the first time you're working with the factory. Right? Everyone's gonna try to sneak a couple things in there. You know, it's like when you're a kid, your mom tells you to clean the room. You know, you put a little in the closet, little here, everyone, everyone, it's human nature, you know what I mean? So you go through every single piece and it also shows your manufacturer how picky you are and how on point you are with your garment making. You know what I mean? Like sometimes people will try you if they, they think they could try you, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if they see like, okay, this, this is the type of person who's gonna come here and measure every single thing and look at the stitching and all that, we gotta be on point. We know what type of client we have. So for me, I like to build that rapport off the rip, anybody I'm working with. And then, so if everything is good to go, you take it, 
and you know you do what you got to do whether you're selling it promotion mm-hmm. use whatever it is but those are the steps that i would say to take and be inside get everything signed off on like you know don't well when we said on the phone this we said yeah. no just get everything get every i don't care if you know how long you've known them anything i still do that with manufacturers i've been working with for eight years do you still um, produce in in north america yeah, we're 100% in North America right now. Pre-COVID, we were uh, 70-30, 30% overseas, 70% right in Canada. So it's still possible to, keep... to produce in North America. That's good to know. Yeah, no, it's still possible. You just got to pay a bit more. You got to do a little bit yeah. more work. But it's a it's a dying industry. And, you know, I feel like, uh, real quick side note, Director RT from Toronto. Yeah. Um, I used to work on a set with him a lot. And I remember saying to him when I was like, maybe like 22, I said to him like, yo, like, why don't you just go to America? You know, why don't you go to LA or go to New York or, you know, somewhere and, and direct there and do all these things there. And he said to me, he goes, if I leave, who hires all these people? Who hires this lighter, lighting person, the gaffer, the stylist, the, you know, the food truck, who hires all these people? Every time somebody leaves, it's like we're, we're killing opportunities every time. So I prefer to stay here and do the bulk of my business here and keep the industry going and you know it, it just makes the people who have the dream to do these jobs it always you know you're helping create these jobs so that always resonated with me uh from the day he said that so i like to keep a lot of the business in canada because factories are just they're they're, they're going under every year yeah they every were dying year. in 20 years ago when i was doing it so exactly. good for you Literally. So, yeah so it's 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 that's something that's really important to me to kind of keep it here even during the pandemic you know when the old masking was going that we i brought back seven factories back to like life they thought they were done they were closing because you know a lot of canada goose controls a lot of them and they halted everything so yeah it's important to me to keep you know the community alive to do my part to do it to help that we're here for that fresh i love how you stay so true to like gfc's aesthetic and vision as a founder as a designer do you ever have that urge to jump on trends with fast fashion being such a thing or have you learned to kind of trust your gut after being in the game for so long yeah I I definitely trust my gut for me my clothing that I make is like based off of my lifestyle you know Mm -hmm. what I mean I don't base it off of real trends so it's like we have like track suits, it's called the flight suits. Like I fly a lot. So I just want a track suit to fly a lot. A lot of my friends fly a lot. You know, a lot of my customers fly a lot. So it's like, I'll make something for that. I make, everything is based off of me. You know what I mean? So I'm not really a trend follower at all. I just kind of keep everything based off my lifestyle. So no, like, you know, obviously sometimes you look at these brands like these fast fashion brands, like man, overnight they made millions of dollars and done all that. But I don't know, at that point, it wouldn't be fun for me. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, my, my, my business is still fun for me. You know, I'm excited to wake up every, I mean, you know, I wake up at 5 a.m. here, you know, just to, just to get everything done. I, I love it. And I think if I just built it strictly off of the dollar and you know what I mean? Trying to rush things out. I, I don't think I would be happy. And just also like, I like making things that last long. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. By the way, you make the best, <laughs> ba- side note, best bamboo cotton t-shirts in the world. I always stress, I always stress fresh. I'm like, do you have any more? Do you make any more? They last yeah. forever and they're the softest things on the planet. Oh my God, I love Thank you. Yeah, see, for me, I care about that. Like, I don't want to be in the grocery store and someone comes up to me, bro, I buy your t-shirt and like, it sucks. I wore it once and wash it and it's done. Like, I can't, I, you know, it's my rep. It's the worst thing it. ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wears it once, throws it out. Who are some of the people who've inspired you throughout your journey, Fresh? Um, number one, my mother. My mom is my biggest inspiration. Um, she's like literally superwoman to me. Uh, I try to I try to get close to her work ethic every single day. I'm very far from it. I don't even know how she did it. But um, other than my mom, I'd say my I'm like corny answer. Sorry, like my grandmother. I love it. Um, she's definitely my, you know, next to my mom. Just seeing people, you know, start from nothing, you know, and 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 build to, you know, what they built to. You know, my grandma, she did really well for herself. You know, she came here as an immigrant by herself. You know, been in all types of 
domestic abuse relationship. She just had the, the 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 battered immigrant woman's story coming to this country, and you know she turned it around. She built her own. You know she built a family. She you know bought a house, owns her house, does her own thing. Like I just her resilience and her hustle is what kind of keeps me motivated every single day. You know she always says God stretch your dollar. That's how she got here. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to bring for that. But from there, outside of the woman in my life. Um, I'd say Jay-Z has always been a massive inspiration, you know, coming from the streets. It's like a lot of us don't have male role models. You know, I, I didn't grow up with a father or um, any male role models at all. So you just kind of resonate with people that you see on TV, at least I did. And Jay-Z, I'd say was number one, you know, my entrepreneur dreams, I'd say start with them. I don't have any entrepreneurs in my family. So I'd say like seeing Jay-Z and studying Jay-Z as a child and watching him and seeing the headlines of like, you know, alcohol business, Samsung, working with all these corporate companies. And I've literally modeled my life off of the moves that man made. You know what I mean? Like I never wanted to work with an alcohol company just myself. I seen Jay-Z do it and I was like, this is amazing. This is something you can do. And then I did it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'd say Jay-Z, I'd say like Diddy, I'd say, I don't have any like direct people. It was, like Director X, Big Play, I'd say Tyrone Edwards, T-Rex, um, John, like a lot of people, I don't know if everyone's gonna know who these people are, but like John Carlo, like there's a lot of like older people in my life um, that, you know, took moments of their life to, you know, have conversations with me and, you know, pull me aside and check me if I'm messing up or congratulate me when I'm doing good. Um, you know, Coco, yourself, like you've always been like a massive supporter of me and, you know, helping me and pushing me. And, you know, I'm motivated by my city, to be honest with you. Like the inspiration comes from, you know, my mom, my grandmother, and like, you know, Jay-Z as, as that, you know, super mega entrepreneur. But other than that, it's the people around me who inspire me. You know, I see the moves that they do and I'm just like secretly there, like, all right, I gotta be able to, I gotta be able to compete. <laughs> I gotta be able to be on the level, you know what I mean? Like not compete in like a, in a bad way, but compete just like, you know, yeah. you want to keep the flag going. You want to keep the torch going. You know what I mean? Like there was generations before me that did a lot of crazy things. And, you know, I can't let that baton just hit the ground. You know what I mean? I feel and like you're not, you're not, you're doing such a great job. Um, and on the flip side, you're not only carrying the baton, but you're passing it on too. You, um, you, you were amazing example of putting on young creatives, especially within like the BIPOC black community. How do you, um, listen, a lot of people don't do it. A lot of people are, are yeah. we, we kind of, we can within Toronto, it's more in, in, in America I find, but within, within Toronto, we feel like it's such a small market that there's like this crab in the bucket mentality where it's like a get out and push everybody back down. Um, how do you stay true to being supportive to the younger, to the youth and um, without feeling a, a sense of competition through it? And how do you scout talent? So first thing, how do I go about, for me, I don't look at anyone's stuff. I'm so like confident in my own like realm of life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't look at anyone as like actual competition. You know what I mean? I don't look right. at anyone, especially from my city. Like for me, it's bigger than me. Like, it's not about me. It's about Toronto. Like it's me, like, you know, at, at 16, I've known a handful of people who've been shot. I've known a handful of people who, are in, who've gone to jail. I know a handful of people who, you know, who, who, I'm from the streets, you know what I mean? Like we come from that life. And for me, it's like, I don't want to see history repeat itself when it comes to people who look like me as a youth, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see the 16 year old me, version of me ever, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see the 16 year old version of any of these people that I grew up with. Like, I want to see that change. I want to meet these kids and I want them to have different kinds of dreams. and different aspirations and different opportunities. That's why Remix is so amazing. It's just like, so for me, it's like any opportunity that I have, I'm reaching back and I'm saying, yo, let's go. I'm, I'm a, I'll give you a stern conversation. Like, yo, listen, I'm gonna put you in this position, but don't mess it up. You know what I mean? If you feel like you're gonna get close to that point, call me, you know, don't don't run from, sometimes people run when they feel like they're uh, about to face something negative. But for me, I don't know, it's important. Like, I wanna see the city alive. Like, I wanna see, I don't want to promote the things that are going on in the city on here, but like everybody knows what's going on if you live here. Like, I want to see that shrink 
by like a hundred percent. You know what I mean? I want people to be able to work together and build together. Like the more we work as like just a single person, the longer it takes for us to get to yeah. where we need to be. You know what I mean? I think we live in the greatest city in the world. We have the best talent pool in the world. And we're only going to get there if we build, unite and build our own infrastructure. So that's my answer for that. Two, uh, how do I scout talent? I watch, I pre everything. Like I see everything. <laughs> I'm like a person that's like, and I just pre everything everywhere, like all over the world. Like I always like to know like fashion brand that's coming up in like this part of Brooklyn in this neighborhood and like these kids are wearing it. Like, I love that. Cause like, that's the energy that I have. That's the energy that I came off of. You know what I mean? Like, I like being a know-it-all. I like, you know, some people like going to uh, museums and like, you know, look what they look what was going on back in the day. And this artist, like I like current day art. I want, I like the old school stuff too, but like, I want to find all the young people who are doing things everywhere who are super passionate about what they do. All the people in that like survivor mode for their creative hustle, I love knowing them. I love getting to know them. So I scout based off of that. You know what I mean? Like I get people hit me every day, I'm trying to start a clothing line. I'm trying to do this. Like most people who say trying, I don't want anything to do with them, to be honest with you. I like people who are doing, you know what I mean? I like people who are confident and yo, yo, this is what I'm doing. This is my t-shirt. This is my hat. This is the stage I'm at. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get here. Like people who have come to me with, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm trying to go. These are the problems that I'm having. What can I do? Like, what can I do for you? Or what can we do to help this, help me in this situation? You know what I mean? Right. People hit me all the time. Like, oh, I would love to do this. And I want to do that. I'm like, okay, well, where are you at? Oh, well, I'm just trying to get to this point. Like if you did, you know, with this Google era, if you haven't like Googled <laughs> and researched how to get to like that point and you're at that road, I, like call me when you're at the roadblock. Amen. And you've already, when you've built Literally, it, yes. you're like, I can't. Yeah, like don't call, like, I don't, I don't know. No, everyone listening needs to hear that. It's, it's 2021. I can't even say the year, yeah. but I, we all have access to a lot yeah. of things. So let's be real. Yeah, there's just, there's just no excuse. And like, for me, like, you gotta understand, like, my mom died when I was 15 years old. You know, I, 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 I didn't have anything. You know what I mean? I literally like would open my boy's garage at night to sleep in his garage and before his dad would come get his car to go to work and, and leave, I'd you know, leave and come back. Like I couch surfed from like 16, 17 years old in different friends' houses until their mom got sick of seeing me. Like I did everything, you know what I mean? Like I did it all. Like I did things I didn't want to do. You know what I mean? Like, I just had to get to where I'm at. So when someone comes up to me with the, like the half hustle, I'm always just like, Nope. Like, why, why would I, like, why would I assist you? Like, there's a lot more you have inside of you. You just haven't figured it out yet. Go figure that out and then you can come back and then we can wrap. You know what I mean? And so then I just do your research. Man. I don't, I'm not from the Google era. You know what I mean? Like I'm from, yeah, like, you, yeah. gotta, you gotta pound the pavement. You gotta go to Brazen Hussey and, and see what's going on and know what's going on. It's no, real, 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 real skill. Like that's, I would go to yeah. that store, what? Once a week? Oh yeah. And just, and just, just so- Just for the conversation. Yeah, they, and the, so the youth understand this, um, came in not looking like someone who needed anything or wanted any kind of hand, handout, but more of a, a person who came in, who we already thought was like on and that wanted to provide help. So like he was coming in, not looking for, how can you help me? He was, how can I help you? So something about being of service to people who are maybe in a place that you're looking to find more in, get educated in or have access to, instead of always looking for a way that you can take, look for a way that you can help. You can learn so much more and people will be so much more receptive to you coming to them in that way, my opinion. 100%, you started it like that when you said, um, the conversation when you said like I'm the sponge. Yeah. I was all, I'm, for me, I'm like, I remember I met this guy. He goes, yo, you got to be a know-it-all. You got to know everything. Like, everything mm -hmm. is everything. Anytime you're with somebody, you, you should you should ask questions. You should listen, you know, you know, listen more than you speak. And, you know, I was always around your store. And, like, I was, I was lucky to be around, like, you know, strong female entrepreneurs. You guys were doing crazy, and you still are, doing crazy things within the city at the time, really setting the tone of the city that we have today. And it was just amazing to be able to sit there and like listen in on like your guys' meetings and like how you guys broke things down. Like all those things helped me to get to where I'm at now. So it's like if I was the 17 or 18 year old me, I'd be going everywhere. 
I'd be DMing every person that I looked up to that was doing something and saying like, yo, how can I help you? You know what I mean? If I wanted a DJ, I'd be literally like telling the like DJ, like, do you want me to make your own, your flyers? I'd be, I'd be trying to do anything and everything to get on. Like to me, that's like that survivor mode that I was talking about, like do anything and everything. I mean, like not anything and everything, but you get what I'm saying. Like just really bust your ass to get to where you need to, sorry for cousin, get to where you need to go. You know, it's very important. And, and it's easier now because now you know who's popping. You know what I mean? Like Brazen Hussey, you really had to know. If you didn't know the know, you would never you would never know. You know what I mean? You're not down on Queen Street, what, 14, 15 years ago. Queen Street's not what yeah. it is now. <laughs> damn, you know I mean? damn, we <laughs> wish we had social media back then, let me tell you. Oh my God. Oh my God. It'd be a wrap. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, you know, you just gotta get your hustle on. That's it. There's no excuses. I don't believe in excuses ever because. I, I just don't, I, I couldn't have excuses my whole life. You know what I mean? So I feel like I'm like, and I'm hard on my siblings the same way and everyone around me, like, I don't want to hear it, but figure it out. You know, we we're, with, we're with you on that. We are <laughs> with you on that one. Yeah. I mean, so you've gone years and years, you've built yourself up, you've built a reputation that is so well-deserved. How do you celebrate your wins? I actually just started celebrating my wins recently, to be honest. Yay, hallelujah. We believe it. Yeah, I thought I was celebrating my wins. But as I said, like, I was in the survivor mode, not growth mode, you know. And in survivor mode, you're kind of just like, all right, cool. Like, you're, like, finding something mad wrong with the with the great moment. And you're just like, like I don't know, at least I was. I'd be like, we'd be doing something. And I'd be like, and I'm like oh, that was amazing. And I'd be like, no, like, you know, the curtains were done properly and this didn't happen and this. I'm like, you know, I'm just like not focusing on the moment, but now COVID definitely gave me a minute to like sit back on my, it was the first time, it, like this first time in my life I sat down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like from, from 15 years old to now, well, or from, from two years ago, like 30, what, 30, 31, 31. Like I never sat down ever. Wow. I never shut off. I never like, I never sat back and smelt the roses, not one time. And like people will tell me at a time, I'm so you know, Coco told me, I'm so proud of you. And like you take it in, but like in yourself, at least for me, you always feel like, oh, I gotta get here though. Like this is cool, but I gotta get here. I'm not here yet. But then I just really like COVID really taught me, I'm like, yo, bro, like if you died anyway, you were yeah. sitting there trying to achieve something, you achieved all these things. But you thought there was this moment, this achievement that you were going to reach that was going to be the big hooray or hurrah or whatever. But like, really, that's not real because every achievement you get to, you just start setting up more and more and more. So I told myself, I said, if I died tomorrow, I didn't even enjoy all these things. I just did it and kept it moving. You know what I mean? And other people are looking up to me like, oh, man, like you did this. This is crazy. I'm looking at it like, okay, whatever. So during COVID, when I sat down, I was like, I looked back at my whole, I started going through my photos in my phone started looking at old trips started looking at like you know what I mean events that we did all that and I literally I wouldn't even lie to you I like cried I got so emotional I was just like yo this is crazy like this is insane like I can't believe I was able to do all these things you know what I mean it started I really you know I really COVID really like when it first hit that first month I was just like you know everybody I think was in the kind of the same space it was like dark cloud over there, especially being in Toronto. It's not like you're in LA when it was sunny. It was like yeah. <laughs> snowstorms, dark outside. It felt like the end of the world. So like I had a lot of time to reflect and just realize like, man, I gotta enjoy my life. You know what I mean? I'm so I'm so blessed to even wake up in the morning every day. You know, my mom, I, my mom, when my mom passed away, she didn't wake up in the morning. You know what I mean? Like I found her in her sleep. She fell, she passed away in her sleep. So it was like and I, and I, I, again, I was just in the survivor mode where I was just on a like, go, 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 go. I never even got a real chance to actually even deal with a lot of the past traumas that I had in my life. You know what I'm saying? And like COVID brought a lot of those things to the yeah. forefront because I realized I was running from so many things. You know what I mean? I'm working so hard and it's like, you're, it's like you're running from like sitting down because if you sit down, like all these things hit, hit your mind. So COVID gave me an opportunity to like sit down and, and, not saying I dealt with everything, but helped me to start and start like breaking things down and understand and dealing with my past a lot easier in my and my current, you know, life. But now, sorry, long-winded answer, but now I do a hundred percent 
uh, celebrate everything. I celebrate mm-hmm. when I wake up in the morning. I wake up in the morning and um, I never used to be like a big God person or anything like that. But I, my mom's like my guardian angel and like my God. And like, I wake up in the morning and I started thinking this way because I look back at all these achievements and I'm like, damn, man, there must be somebody working super hard <laughs> for me yeah. to get to where I'm at. Like, oh, you know, another power, you know what I mean? Because I'm just like, this is crazy. So I wake up every morning and I say the same thing every day. I say, God, thank you for, you know, giving me another day and give me the strength to, you know, to deal with any challenges that are coming my way today. So that's my celebration in the morning. And I'm just happy. I wake up happy. I, I turn my, my music on. I do my thing. I celebrate not just a, like moments in work. I just celebrate life. Like that to me is mm. the most important. I feel like I made work. I feel like people make work so so important and everybody's hustle 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 this 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 but like no you know what I mean? yeah hustle hustle but like yo like your like your life is more important than anything you know what i mean like if you have children if you have a significant other your, your family like that's that deserves everything you know what i mean work is like work your life is everything so i celebrate every moment of my life every meal that i eat everything that i do everywhere i get to travel i just celebrate I'm one big celebrator. <laughs> I love that much. Yeah, so good. Thank, thank you for sharing that piece. I think um, I think what COVID has done for a lot of people is, is it, it has made them look at things differently and address what's going on. And as, as a Black man, I think it's really important for you to talk about emotions and share that with other Black men instead of always having to muscle through and be strong and be on the grind and we're tough. I think you being honest about that allows for other people to be honest about that. And that's how we fix our like historical traumas that keep on like rewinding <laughs> for the next generation. The more that yeah. people like you are open to speak to those things, it helps, it helps us all as a community move forward. So I appreciate that. And to take that one step further, um, you mentioned that you go, you'd go on a hike or you put yourself out of the situation, not in the hashtag sense of the word, but how do you self-care? Like how does Fresh take care of himself other than, you know, gratitude? Are there different tools that you have in your toolbox that you could share with our listeners? I cook. Yeah. Cooking is like one of the best meditations for me. Like if you were going to say like, you know, I've got about those meditation classes and things and try, like I just I, I still suck at it but when I cook I zone out completely I'm thinking about one thing my I have an ADD like insane ADD and when I'm cooking I don't actually think about anything but what's exactly in front of me mm-hmm. uh so cooking I'd say number one working out number two um I, I we don't live near the ocean but I love to swim uh, like whenever I travel, I'll spend like hours and hours in the, I'm like the person I'll be in the water for like six hours. I, I don't know what it is, but swimming to me just makes me feel so like pure and like, I don't know. I'm just like Fresh. concentrating. Yeah, exactly. I'm just concentrating <laughs> on like nothing but me and in that water at that, at that moment. But, and then spending time with family, you know, I spending time with my sister, my grandma, me and my grandma are like best friends. So like I just oh. hang out with her and chill out. Uh, but yeah, family time, cooking and, and and working out and traveling. Like for me, beginning of COVID, I went to Sierra Leone. I'm, I'm half Sierra Leone, half Jamaica. I went to Sierra Leone for two months. I'd say that was the best uh, self-care. I mean, everybody was like, oh, you went on a healing trip. I was like, what are you talking about? But I guess I, I loved that. following that trip. <laughs> My God, I was like, post more. It's such a beautiful thing to follow. Thank you. But yeah, traveling is definitely my number one. I love to travel. That's my number one. You know, like my, I, when I was a child, I lived at Martin Grove and Eglinton in my um, window, you know, windowsill. I don't know if it was too short or the windowsill was too high, one or the other. But <laughs> I remember like standing on things to look over and like I would stare at the planes like oh, all the time wow. as a kid and like it was literally like calming to me I would be like I wonder where this plane's going I wonder where that's plane going and I told myself I'm like one day I'm gonna be on a plane which was like for some people they'd be like that's crazy but like my mom came to this country and never been on the plane again like I've never I think I didn't go on my the first plane I ever went on I was 21 wow. you know what I mean like I didn't go anywhere which may be like a brag to some people or like wow that's crazy either oh, or that's a beautiful like, thing so 
traveling, I'd say, is my number one. That that's my number one enjoyment in life. Well, Fresh, it's been amazing talking to you. Thank you so much for being so open and sharing your energy with us. We really needed it. You really turned my day around. I know that's for sure. <laughs> um, thank you so much, and I know everybody will enjoy it. And you can find Fresh at JBR Jallo on Instagram, or you know, check out the Get Fresh Company at Get Fresh Company on IG. And if you're yeah. ever in Toronto on Queen Street West, hit up his yes. shop. It's 498 it's Queen Street West, vibes. right at Queen and Portland. Please come by. Cows, you know what to do. Rate this podcast five stars on Apple, and don't forget to follow us on Spotify. You can continue keeping up with our adventure on the gram at Coco and Co. That's C-O-W-E. Now go tell your friends about it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.